Kaden PR acknowledges the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the Press Office with Caden Co. PR. I am thrilled to be sharing this week's episode as I am chatting to the very lively and vivacious Michelle Stevenson, who is the National Drive newsreader for Nova's Kate, Tim and Joel, a panellist on the Today Show, as well as a podcaster. Busy is an understatement and so is being passionate about all things news, radio and journalism. Let's get on to the interview. Firstly, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Press Office with Kate & Co PR. You are always such a pleasure to work with. So I am really looking forward to getting to know the nitty gritty of your career today. So firstly, I'm going to throw straight over to you. Do you mind introducing yourself, what you do and how you got to where you are today? Well, thanks for having me. I, my name is Michelle Stevenson. I am the National Audio News Editor at Nova Entertainment. I also read the news nationally for Kate, Tim and Joel, the number one drive show. I, how did I get there? You know what? It's been this long and convoluted way through my career. I was a professional dancer. Then I switched into acting. I was a professional actor and I worked in Toronto for, in Canada for eight years. I lived over there and I actually fell into hosting a TV show and I enjoyed kind of that whole idea of questioning and conversing with people on camera. So I thought maybe I want to be a journalist. So I moved back home and I went back to university and I got my undergraduate degree in politics and international relations. And then I did my master's in journalism at UTS. Now, I always thought that I wanted to do television. So I got my first journalism job and that was like writing news updates for Prime. It lived in Newcastle. And then this opportunity came up to read the news on radio on weekends for SCA in Newcastle. And I kind of thought that might be a bit of fun. So I I decided to do it. And then I just fell in love with radio. I'm very fortunate that I get to do radio and I get to do podcasting, but I also get to do television as well. So I have my weekly appearance on Today Extra and I do Today Show as well. So I kind of am very lucky where I get to do all the things that I enjoy doing. To be honest, work never feels like work. That's it. That's exactly what you want in your career, to find something like if you love what you do, you'll never work a day. From your end, what is the major difference between reporting on TV to reporting on radio? So radio has more immediacy. You can literally just take a script and get on air and get it happening right away. In terms of like emergencies, like if there's bushfires and stuff like that, people have access 
to radio more readily than they do, say, a television screen. So I think I really enjoy that kind of aspect of it, the immediacy. But also with television, you know, if you're a television journalist, you work on one story a day and you just follow that one story. Whereas with radio, I work on everything. I have to be across everything. From the moment I wake up, the first thing I do is I open Twitter and I scroll through and I read like the world news and what's going on. And then I kind of have a really good idea of what I need to cover before I get into work. I was going to ask you, what does your typical day actually look like? Yeah, I mean, it's different every day because I tend to have different things on. So like, so Thursdays, for example, I'll wake up and peruse the news and then I head to Channel 9, I do hair and makeup and I get given my um, talking topic topics and then I do that. And then I head to work. Fridays, I tend to wake up, do my news, have a look at what's going on and then I prep for a podcast that I host called I Spied. That's with the Patuta boys, Diamantina. And that's with a former ASIO spy who's now a comedian. So we talk a lot about security and um, what's going on around the world, but kind of in a lighter way. And then, you know, other days I have different things on. It all kind of depends. But the first thing I absolutely do is check my emails and check my Twitter feed. I think you're living like my dream life. Do you think that you've always craved that sort of variety in your day? Yeah, look, I I think I'm a hustler. It's all about hustling. Like, like I have a passion for telling stories. And I mean, that was evident when I was an actor and when I was a dancer, like, you know, performative, like I was telling stories in a different aspect. And now I just tell tell stories the way I want to tell them. And I, I mean, podcasting is one of those great things that, I mean, anyone can literally do a podcast. It's not always going to succeed. It's not always going to be great, but I am very lucky that I get to tell stories for a living. And I like, I genuinely, I've been at Nova now for nine years. And I genuinely love my job there. Like I, there's never been a day where I've gone, I don't want to go to work. Not one day. That's amazing. I feel like that is very rare to find. Let's be real. Yeah, totally. The fun thing about radio too is people have a, have a good time with it. Like we don't, we don't take it seriously. Look, we, we quite often say we're, we're not saving lives. We're, um, we're literally just delivering news. But, you know, I, th- I think during the pandemic, it got really hard there are periods of radio news or news in general which kind of get really tough on the psyche and during the pandemic that was quite prevalent um even like the recent gun massacre in the u.s there are days where you know you just come home and it's like super tough um and i kind of prep my family on those days i'm like look it's been a really bad day probably not going to want to talk a lot. So you just got to really take care of yourself. Exercise really helps with that. My husband keeps telling me to meditate. I keep trying and failing. I can't, I can't meditate either. I'm like, okay, this is the day I'm going to meditate. And like two minutes in, I'm like, what am I doing? When am I eating? (laughs) One thing that you touched on, which I think is quite important is around, you know, like the pandemic and I guess more recently also like the floods There has always been this conversation in more recent times, is radio dead, right? But during times of struggle and the pandemic in particular, it actually showed how much people depended on connection that you get via radio. It's interesting that people keep saying that radio is dead. It's not. It's definitely not. And you will see that more so in regional places. I mean, people who probably say radio is dead are the people who live in metro markets because radio in the regions is like a source of of communication and community. Like it's what keeps people together and people will 
always listen to the radio. But at the end of the day, I think you we have Spotify and we have podcasting, but people still like to listen to the radio in the car. Like it, it, it's that kind of those voices that kind of get you through the traffic. What a lot of people don't realize is we provide weather and traffic. And though, though we have news as well, a lot of times if you're sitting in traffic, the first thing you'll do is turn on the radio to go, why am I sitting in traffic? Because Spotify and podcasting is going to tell you why you're sitting in traffic. And I know that Spotify is doing some great stuff. They're trying to compete because, you know, they have the daily drive list. So they're curating your music with podcasting, which we see as well. And I, I mean, we benefit from that as well. I have um, a podcast that I created with the, with the Nova network called The Update, which is a daily news update twice daily. And it was like number one news podcast for months, but we're very fortunate. We happen to appear on the the daily drive list with Spotify, but I think people still need to know that they're going to get traffic and weather. People like to know that. I don't think radio is dead. I think it'll be a long time before radio is dead. I agree. And you could really say the same argument about, say, TV. Well, wouldn't traditional TV stations be dead now that we've got Netflix? Well, no, we still want to tune into the news. We still need to know what's going on. We still want to watch local sport. Yeah, totally. And even with like, I mean, the newspaper thing too, people have been saying for years that newspapers are dead. They're still kicking along and everyone's still, you know, kind of paying subscriptions and doing all that stuff. So Look, I think it's tough in terms of like the battle that mainstream media faces with the social media anarchists. There's a lot of there's a lot of agitation on social media against mainstream media, like this whole idea, very Trumpian, this whole idea that, you know, we're out to there's a big conspiracy and we're out to get people. I can honestly tell everyone there's no conspiracy. There is no conspiracy because conspiracies are really hard to keep secret. So and that's the one thing like with my my other podcast, I spied because he used to work for ASIO. We quite often talk about that, like how difficult is it to keep a secret? Well, it's really, really difficult. So, you know, this whole like 5G and, you know, Microsoft chips in arms, like it's not real, guys. And one thing I do want to ask as a journalist, when you're reporting the news, is it ever hard not to put your own opinion towards what you're reporting on? Like, for example, let's talk about Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Everyone has an opinion about it. How do you go about just reporting the straight fact? Well, it was interesting because like yesterday on, I was on Today Extra and <laughs> the the news broke about like him winning the case. And um, of course it was like the segment that they're asking me stuff about. And I was like, you know what? To be honest, I didn't really follow it that intently because I literally turned to a colleague the other day and said, what is this? case about again because I think it all just kind of got lost in the wash it became like this whole like this whole social media thing so for me I just look to what what are the issues and what's going on so I didn't need to know the everyday stuff with um that case I just needed to know what the outcome was like I actually didn't report on the day-to-day stuff because I don't think that it was interesting news is really important so one of the things that I think about when I compile because a lot of people don't realize that I have complete editorial control I write all my news I gather it I do everything but one of the things I look at is who are our listeners what's our core demographic and I I do news for them like I don't do news for myself I think what a lot of sometimes the ABC gets in trouble with is they do news according to the news that maybe the journalists want to hear because the they're predominantly 
predominantly, you know, they, they're from the North Shore or they're from Sydney's eastern suburbs. And then there's people, you know, in Sydney's West who um, need their stories told as well. So I think it's just important to really think about who are your listeners? What's your core demographic? What news would they want to hear? That is a great point and like totally makes sense. And from your end, I know journalism is quite... A career that a lot of people are interested in exploring and there is often the, I'm not going to say misconception because it's probably true, that there isn't heaps of jobs out there. What advice would you give to anyone who is wanting to study journalism and wants to be a journalist? Where should they start? Well, it's funny because people say there's no jobs, but we have been advertising positions for a while and we're finding it really hard to find good radio journalists. And I know that our competitors have been having a few issues as well. I also, I judge, I've judged the Walkleys. I judged the Walkleys last year and then I judged um, one of their other, one of their other um, fellowships. So I'm very, I'm in a good position where I get to see what's around. But the other thing that I judge is the Brian White um, scholarship, which is a radio scholarship. And literally every year we find it very difficult to even have people who are applying. People say that journalism is hard to get into, but I don't think there's as many people as we think. And the one thing I come up against is if people are in journalism, they have an ideological view of what they want to be. So either they want to be on TV or they um, they want to be famous or do you know what I mean? Like they don't understand that that's not really what journalism is about. And then a lot of times those people end up in PR because then they realize that journalism doesn't pay and PR pays. So like you really have to be committed to want to be a journalist. But if I was going to give any advice, it's just work your ass off. Like literally say yes to everything. Like when I when I graduated and I got my first journalism job, I was working Monday to Friday and then this job came up on the weekends and then I picked that up, the radio job up on the weekends. I was working seven days a week. And I lived in a hostel in Newcastle while my partner lived here and I saw him on weekends and it was like, I just think nowadays people wouldn't, a lot of people don't want to do the hard work to get to the positions and you have to do the hard work. You just have to work hard and you have to like move out of the metro markets. You have to live in regional stations because that's where you like cut your teeth. That's where you make your mistakes. That's where you learn how to get stories and run run what the community needs and understand how to position the work. I was going to ask you if you did think it was a key to be successful to actually move to these regional places and also you also worked internationally as well. Yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate I worked internationally, so I I got to I got to work with a lot of people overseas in Toronto and I did like a local news show over there, but I think over here I I'm just seeing because I, I lecture at university as well, you just don't see the commitment. And I'm going to sound like a, a boomer. I'm not a boomer, but I'm going to sound like, you know, when your parents go in my day, but I just don't see it. And people just, you need to want to have that drive because journalism is a passion. It is not something you just decide to do on a whim. You've got to really want to do it and you've got to really want to tell stories. And if you have that passion and you have that drive, you will be successful and you will succeed. Like I was able to change my career and get to where I am in like 10 years. Do you know what I mean? 12 years. 
So, and I feel like I'm at the top of my game. Of course, I, I also feel like I could do more, but like that is kind of part of what drives me. Always that need to be doing more and hustling and what else can I be doing and what podcasting, what writing, like there's just always that need to do more. But I think if you're starting out, always say yes, go after, go after the jobs in regional Australia. They're the, they're the good jobs. They're the gems. They're the diamonds in the rough. They're the things that'll make you. And speaking about your goals that drive you, what is next for you? What what do you want to achieve next? It's so funny because I think about this all the time. I'm like one of these people that wants to do everything. I love writing, so I think writing is kind of up there as well. So I want to work on a project writing. I'm in the process of working out what my next podcast is. I'm still doing I Spied and I enjoy that, but I want to do a solo project. So I constantly have conversations with the boys at Batuta about what that could look like and what that might be, but um, I don't know. Uh, Television, I mean, I'm lucky that keeps ticking along and I I get those opportunities um, once a week, which I enjoy. But I think the new thing, which a lot of journalists are getting into, it's big in the US and it's something I'm exploring here is Substack. I don't know if you've heard of Substack, but it's it's a writing platform and a lot of really well-known journalists have quit their jobs and... um, Um, They're now writing on this platform and they earn really, really good money from it. It's like a subscription-based platform. I don't think it's as big as it is here. I think we have Patreon and other things, but Substack's kind of where I'm at now and exploring and kind of playing around in that space. It's really interesting this now like subscription model on social media, like you've got the likes of Sunroom. I know Instagram is looking at implementing like a paid service as well. So yeah, it, it will be interesting to see where that goes and if audiences take to it. Yeah, well, they do in the US. Like I know some people who are really good on Substack earn so much money and more money than they would have. And it's it's their content. All they're selling is their content. So when you think about like, for example, if you charge $2 a month, right? If you have... 800 subscribers paying $2 a month. That's, that's pretty good, you know? So then you you just keep going. Like you just, if you, if you have someone who has, if if you're someone who has like a thousand or a hundred thousand subscribers who are playing even just a dollar a month, you can be very good at it and make a lot of money at it. And I think what it's doing now is it's allowing journalists the opportunity to make money off their own work as opposed to giving their work away and being paid for it, but not being paid well. I think it is really important. And even I know there's a few content creators that actually have like on their close friends on Instagram, you have to pay for that. And I think, yeah, it's such a great way to be able to engage with, you know, your favorite influencers or your favorite thought leaders in a particular space. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the OnlyFans model, really. And I mean, OnlyFans is very successful for a very, for a a huge amount of people. So I think, I think you're going to see more of this. And I, I actually think it's a great space. I think it's great that people can then be in charge of their own content and get paid for it. Speaking of social media, is that a really big part of your role now? And what advice would you give to young media professionals on how to actually use social media effectively? Oh, look, I mean... Twitter is a huge part of my life. Twitter is very divisive. So you've got to really be ready to take the hits because people on Twitter can be quite aggressive and quite mean. So you block and you mute early. I even like don't have 
any of my information in my Twitter bio just because during the pandemic, it was very, things got very heated on Twitter and people would be like aggressively chasing after my employers. So yeah, it's, so Twitter is one of those spaces you've got to be, you've got to really have a full body armor and really ready to take the hits because people can be quite mean, but you know, it's an imperative that I'm on it. It's just, it's a very important part of my job. Like that's where I see most of the breaking news. That's where I get, you know, grabs and audio grabs from and know what's going on. So I find it incredibly important. So when it comes to Instagram, look, I would like to think that I'm really good at Instagram. I'm not very good at Instagram. I just, just, I always put up photos of me on media walls. That's about it. And I'm like, do people really care about this? I don't know. I enjoy it. I just, I don't have time for it. Like I would love to be one of those incredibly creative Instagrammers, but I just, I'm not. What are your thoughts around journalism now kind of existing on social media platforms? Like on Instagram, you've got like the New Daily, you've got someone like Jackie Felgate who's fully using their platforms for news. I think it's good. I think any platform is a good platform. I think t- you're going to see more and more on TikTok. I Like TikTok is the premier platform at the moment. It's where most people go to. Um, I would even describe TikTok as a streaming platform because that's where a lot of people, you know, watch to the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case roll out. Um, that is where most most young people are getting their content from. So I think TikTok is probably the premier space that people need to watch out and be more active on if that's something that they want to do. I mean, I, I tried it. I would love to be able to be be this person who's great on TikTok and great on all these things, but I just honestly don't have time. Like I wouldn't, you really need to commit time to it. I think people don't realize how time consuming something like TikTok is. I think maybe during the lockdown there was five times that I was like, I'm going to be TikTok famous. It, it doesn't look that hard. It doesn't look that hard. People are just waving their hands around in some stupid dance. Those dancers are A, hard. How do they just watch a video and learn it? And B, so time consuming. I know they're so time consuming. And like, at, like actually going through and editing the videos, I'm like, I just don't have that kind of time. Like I just, I don't. And <laughs> so I need to just pick a lane and stick in that lane. I think there is a space for their to be news updates on there. Um, as you said, even like I didn't need to consume the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, but every time I went on TikTok, that is all I saw. In some senses, I actually do think it was quite dangerous because it is so short and sharp that there was a lot of things that were, you know, Johnny Depp being funny and in court that people then were like siding with him and all the bad things for Amber were going out that it's like no this has come out of a weeks and weeks long trial yeah and I think I know I watched an interview with a social media strategist and he basically said there was a concerted effort to make Amber Heard look bad on social media on Twitter specifically they trace back the Twitter accounts that that were undermining Amber Heard and they're all going back to like one one source and that was like a concerted effort to undermine and make her look bad. So I think social media can be used for good and for evil. So that's where I think you've got to be careful in terms of what you're consuming and have an understanding, like verify, just verify and check. Don't always believe everything that you read or see. I think that's where we, that a lot of people get into trouble. TikTok is a little 
different because interestingly, one of my favorite podcasts is called Pivot. It's amazing. It's a, it's about the tech space, but it's a, it's so much bigger than that. And Kara Swisher, who's one of the hosts, she watches TikTok, but she watches it on a burner phone because it's owned by the Chinese government. So there's this, there is this whole thing about like, are the Chinese watching what we're doing and consuming what we're doing? So yeah, TikTok's a very interesting one. I think the space is only going to get bigger, but I think it's going to become the premier space. I know there's a few rumors about Instagram turning into something very similar, which is annoying. I don't need another TikTok. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Like I, <laughs> I had to like take it off my phone because you get you you get on it and you go, I'll just give it five minutes. Three hours later, you're like, what? I need to go to bed. Like it's not good. It's not good. It's actually a time warp. Now, as a news journalist. How do you work with PRs and what is your preferred way with working with us? There's a couple of PR companies that I work with a bit like, so for me, the best way, if you ever want us to run anything and you need to A, make sure it's newsworthy. Don't just assume that just because you think it's interesting that it can actually be run in the news. So have an understanding of what it is we do and what, what news sounds like on our network. I always get PR companies because quite often they'll they'll phone me up and say, oh, we, we've got an interview with so-and-so. I'll always tell them the best thing you can do for radio is send your spiel but also attach some grabs to it, some audio grabs pre-done because we don't always we don't have time to do interviews always and so sometimes if we're really looking for something to to run and there's something there that already has audio grabs ready to go like that just makes our lives uh, 10 times easier so that would be like my my number one thing that if you want if you want audio to run on radio send it with because it doesn't really take that long we all are able to to talk into an iphone that is actually such great advice. I'd, I'd never even thought of that, but it's so simple. Yeah, quite often, like, I know there's one lady I work with who um, she works in the medical field and she'll always send radio grabs and we'll always run them because it's always an interesting story. She's got the radio grabs ready to go. It's it's very on brand for us, um, for Smooth I'm talking about. And then, you know, even like, you know, Moulin Rouge is um, opening and they were like, oh, we've got a very good story. And I said, well, why don't you send some pre-recorded grabs to us and I'll see if we can run them. So it's just a better way of doing it and also don't phone us like right at five to the hour I don't know how many times I get PR companies phoning me at 10 to or five to the hour it's almost like you don't know what it is we do like we read news on the hour like like that is our crunch time phone us after like after the hour would you prefer to be contacted via email in the first instance yeah email's better like to be honest like I get a lot of people who phone me and I'm always like I'll have a look at an email there's an odd occasion that um, someone's phoned me and I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually interesting. Sent, make sure I have it, but just email first. In terms of how you have those relationships with PRs, what are the best ways for a publicist to, to build one with you? I like gifts. Send me loads of gifts. No. <laughs> What's your PO box? Put it in the podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> no, my relationships with PR companies are really interesting. They're, they're usually people I gel with or like, I've met at an event and I just get along really well with. And if I get along well with you or if I have a good rapport, I will do my best to help you out. Free stuff and events. Got it. Noted. No, it's not true. You can't buy me. But yeah, I think it's just, it has a lot to do with building a rapport with someone. Like 
take me out for a coffee. Let me get to know you. Like if it's, if you're someone I think we can work with lot, a lot, like it's about that trust aspect that I know that if you're going to pitch something that it's going to be interesting and worth my time. Because a lot of times I get people pitching me stuff and I'm like, you need to talk to sales because that's not a news item. That is like, that would go in it as an ad. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I guess from your end, what is a good way for us to work out what is newsworthy? Because in our eyes, right, like we're getting paid by a client and we're like this is newsworthy but is it yeah you've got to find the news angle though like that's the tricky part of your job and that's what makes like most of the things that I do use quite successful is like you've got to find what is that news angle like just say there's I don't know a wine being released in Sydney if it was like the first of its kind for something that would be a news angle do you know what I mean like you've just really got to think about okay what's the news angle not that like we're releasing a wine but like why is this wine important to my listeners? Is it the the first varietal ever created here? Or did like, um, is it someone famous who's, who's, it's their wine? Do you know what I mean? Like I would run that. So it's just finding that news angle and then you pitch it like in that news way. But I think a lot of PR companies, if I'm going to be bold, can be quite lazy and just be like phoning it in. Like you need to have an understanding of what it is we do. If you're pitching me something, know what I do for a living, know who my, my audience is, understand what Nova does. And if once you understand what Nova does, it'll be easier for you to pitch a story and for me to actually want to run it. One of the best things that I did in my early days of PR was I actually kind of deep dived into each network for like a week period, listen to all the shows, listen to, you know, the news, because they're all very different. And, you know, you would pitch to different stations for different things. And for some hosts might be vegan and you've got a vegan product. Wow, that's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think that's really important. I think someone was pitching something recently that was like no meat. And I was like, oh, I'm vegetarian. Like, this is really interesting to me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think exactly what you just said is so imperative. And I don't think that people do it enough. I think they just think it's enough just to like send an email and then do a follow-up phone call. But like, to be honest, I'm not going to pay attention. We get a lot of emails. I can imagine. It's all about the research and just thinking like a journalist. Yeah. And what's the news angle? Like if you're pitching a news person, you need to understand that it needs a news angle, just not like that you have released a new product. That is not a news angle. That is like an advertisement. Yeah, exactly. Now I have had so much fun speaking to you and I don't want the conversation to end, but I have five quick fire questions to end. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Go, go, go. Okay. Email or phone call? I think I already know the answer. (laughs) Yes. Email. (laughs) Zoom or in-person meetings? Oh, I like in-person stuff. Favorite way to get information via events a press release or a tailored pitch? I like events. I like being able to like, it's quite tactile and you get to see the product and see the person and meet the people. I, I just like stuff where I'm like, I know this is meant to be a quick fire, but I, I just like I, I just like that point of contact with people. I think that's really important nowadays. Your typical day in media consumption. Yeah, everything on Twitter. I subscribe to the New York Times, um, SMH, Daily Telegraph. What else do I subscribe to? Vulture. I love reading Vulture as well. And then all 
also I listen to I listen to ABC News twenty four in the car on my drive in as well, and I listen to podcasts. I listen to at least a podcast a day. My last question, and I'm going to add in an option for you: Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or Twitter. Always Twitter. If it's not Twitter, it's Instagram. I'm not a TikToker. I can't do it. I'm too old for it. I'm a boomer. One day I will see you on TikTok, and I look forward to it. <laughs> we'll meet there, and you can mock me. I have like this chat group with some um, work colleagues, and they're always sending me stuff on on TikTok. So I feel like I get the best of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you'll see me doing a little dance or something or rather. Can't wait. Let's do one together. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Michelle. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.